morning morning how are we all hope we're all well about to go and do something that I've never done following a night shift I'm about to go and finish cutting my lawn or mowing the lawn I think is a more more accurate expression so I was, I was mowing the lawn last night uh, before coming in for my shifts about half four in the afternoon and the mower goes all of a sudden completely cuts so faffing around with the mower in the back garden and it was all going quite well before I'd done about half the garden and Mrs UK Cop podcast was sort of looking out at me lovingly from her washing up station which um that's of course that's where I where I keep her, because um, I'm I'm that much of a pig, um, and I imagine I look like some sort of diet coke advert out there, you know, striding along, beads of sweat, that sort of thing. I'd I'd, I'd assume that's the that's the overall image that I'm exuding, and the thing cuts out on me. So I'm fiddling about with stuff. It's just not right because it's not even. It's not even turning. It's one of these electric ones, so I'm sure turning is not the is not entirely uh, uh, accurate because there's no there's no motor per se. But you know what I mean. It's, it's, not, it's not even giving me a do, 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 as if something uh, electrical has failed in there. I'm not I'm not I'm not mechanically minded. You you can probably tell. So I look up and I sort of shout and I say, "Is this me or is what's happening?" And she sort of does a does a 180 and looks into the living room and fucking power cut. So power went off for I think about four hours in the end. So by the time that fired back up again, I had no time to finish the lawn. So I, as I speak to you, I've got a lawn half mode. Lawn mower is still in situ because I thought I'm committed to this. I've got to do this when I come home. There is no way I'm unpacking this mower, doing the old extension lead, putting it back in the shed, and then getting it all out again when I come home. So I'm gonna thought I'm gonna go full shameless and I'm leaving it all out there. So it is it remains there waiting for me to walk up to it when I get home, press the button, and off I go. That is a first uh, after a night shift. I was livid, I couldn't believe it. It's the first cut of the year as well first cut of the year I appreciate this is not a gardening podcast I'm quite passionate about the gardening thing though quite into the gardening I find um, I heard a really good was it did I hear this or did I did I concoct this out of various things I'd I'd heard I think it was me sort of spitballing to Mrs UK Cop podcast as to why I like the garden the garden I find is um it's a good space in which to act out something that seems integral to us as people. See, what what I think makes most people uh, happiest or um, provides the greatest sense of well-being or meaning to them is when they're converting chaotic elements of their existence into orderly ones. Um, that process seems to be uh, the source from which most reward is driven in life. Uh, the the most fulfilled people, that's a good word, fulfilled, the most fulfilled people I know 
are are engaged in that in that process and the the method by which it's done it varies drastically from from person to, to person but the methodology is generally the same you, you might have somebody who's double into Hornby train sets and you might have somebody who's into raising their three kids they're both dealing with chaotic elements at the start and engaged in transforming those chaotic elements into orderly ones so the Hornby train collector he's just got an unboarded loft to begin with that's that that, that for the the space in which a model train set will exist is a chaotic space it needs to be boarded it might need to be insulated it needs to be lit um, and then the, the the track itself needs to be carefully planned purchased constructed uh, the trains need to be carefully put together in the right way the, the timings need to be set on the various tracks your little animation things need to be working around the outside that is the conversion of chaos into order and likewise with the with the parent or parents trying to raise their three kids uh, the best they can um, I will not labor the point to justify why children are a chaotic force that is that is almost all they are particularly in their, their early years they are sort of Tasmanian devil of chaos and it is, is your job as a parent to to wrangle that the best you can uh, in order in order that it he or she or or anything in between this is a this is an inclusive podcast um, can slot somewhere in society uh, in in a space wherein they don't do too much harm to themselves or other people and maybe even if they're really lucky and work really hard they could they can thrive there. That was a hell of a tangent. I suppose it is relevant because that that process, as I've, I've mentioned before, the conversion of chaos to order is is what you do in this job. That is at a philosophical level the responsibility of the police officer, and it's why indeed the the, the police constable, in my opinion, and I assure you, this will remain my opinion despite what despite the rank I occupy uh, at any point in the future, this is why the, the, the PC is the individual, is the unit that is most integral to, to the police service. You, would, you could be forgiven for getting that wrong if, you were, if you're outside the job and you're, you're looking at the way policing is portrayed in the media you will often see kind of um, Captain America shot calling figure at the head of the ship pointing at people saying I need this, when you need it done, need it done yesterday uh, he or she has a, has a commanding presence um, they've got this brilliant Sherlockian mind and uh, everyone else is a kind of um, extension of their puppetry that's as we all know that's not policing that's not policing um, above the PC level or the DC level 
what those police officers do is they facilitate the policing. So they, the, which is to say, they facilitate the, the protection of the public, the prevention of crime, the, um, uh, the apprehension of uh, of suspects, offenders, uh, the, the bringing uh, the bringing them before the courts. They, the the leadership roles above the level of PC. You are your job, insofar as I can see from my perspective, is to facilitate the police constable's role. And, or, the, or the detective constable's role because it's not it's not the governor who goes out and takes the report it's not the superintendent who responds it's not the yeah, it's not the chief inspector who investigates that's not what they do they facilitate the uh, the mission statement of the of the officers below them in the rank structure that's their gig which as I will say one I will say one more time just to underline this point which is why the police officer is the is the is the uh, the salient entity within within this job. So what have I got for you today? Well, did this Nick early, really early doors actually came in, tipped straight out to a job, and we brought a female in. Um, I don't I don't mind lifting early on in, in the shift. Actually, I'm not I'm not averse to it as much as I like. Especially on nights, going out and playing a little bit and trying to disrupt people that are horrible and do all that other fun stuff. I think if you're if you're going to get a body, it's probably best to do it early on. And then if if it all spirals in terms of paperwork and stacking jobs and that sort of stuff, you've you've got the time banked, which is which is quite nice. So straight out early doors, went to this job, cut and shut, really simple lifted this female, conveyed her to custody. And it was all going quite swimmingly until we got to the subject of uh, her having a smoke, which, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not looking to be an affiliate of the Gestapo here. In, I'd say in the vast majority of situations, as long as the DP's behaving himself, I'll facilitate the last, uh, the last dog end before they get into custody, no, no problem. Um, but it's a bit of an attitude test thing. I'm not, I'm not going to be made to look a mug by somebody and then, uh, and then stand on the side of the road and hold their, hold their backy while they, they smoke just one more, governor, before we, uh, before we do the conveyance to custody. Um, and this this individual had well and truly failed the the attitude test, so that that was not going to happen. And then as soon as uh, as soon as she realised we were going into the hold uh, and the big steel doors were coming down uh, in front of the van, and that therefore she knew because she's she's well versed in this environment that the smoke was off. She's started acting like an idiot, and it's turned into a little bit of roly-poly and let's let's be clear here this is a this is an individual with a probably a, a 50k deficit on me so it's not it's not something that's of any uh, any great shakes but then, oh man, then again um, even somebody who is 40 kilos lighter than you when they're kicking and screaming and, and, and writhing around 
uh, like a snake with a stake through its head, you, you you're going to know about it. It's not as if um, I mean you know you you you, you try and uh, deal with a toddler when they don't want to be dealt with. It's not it's not origami. It's, it's still it's still a physical uh, element to it. Um, and, and also there's a there's a physical teeth back in. There is a physical. <laughs> I can't believe how to do that word. There is a physical component uh, when it comes to keeping that level of force uh, exactly proportional because there's there's no need to go level nine judo on uh, on somebody with who has that kind of weight differential. So you have to work work quite hard to stay sort of measured in how you're applying force sort of thing because uh, even though she is a royal twat um, we we are not in the business of uh, of delivering justice in in that way um, I've never seen it done uh, you, I've heard some horror stories from out, outside the job but I've never seen any I've never sort of seen war stories about lift shafts and stuff like that but it really is from outside the job I've never never once come across a ratified story from within where uh, a different brand of justice is delivered to our our clientele and it's certainly something that I've, I've got no interest in that that would in, that would entirely undercut the the premise of why I do this job why, why I think the uh, the overwhelming majority of people do this job. So anyway, yeah, she she uh, she goes bonkers and ends up getting placed, and it's it's fine. It's not it's not a not a huge thing. It's just a bit more writing to to justify it all. No big deal. And uh, me and the old Oppo are out in the yard afterwards. And um, I can't remember how we got to it, but I said something like, oh, well, you know, usual stuff. What a delightful human being. And um, his reply really struck me. He said, um, he said, yeah, good fun for them, though, isn't it? Sort of paused and thought, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is good fun for them. Um, This following sentence will be for any non-police listeners. I know that sounds odd. If, if you are not someone with not someone with exposure to this type of person, it will sound odd to say this is good fun for them. How how can it be fun? You might rightly ask to be nicked by some big horrible copper and carted off to a police station and then uh, precisely thrown into a cell. How can that be fun? Well, I suppose I suppose in the main you'll have to trust me and uh, trust the replies of any, any police officer you would ask. 
if you ask that question to them, are there people who do this because it is a source of entertainment to them? As in, right from getting themselves lifted to acting like a, a, a petulant child all through the, uh, the transport and the booking in and interview if it comes to that and all, all that sort of stuff. Are there people who, who who behave violently in that in that situation or, or behave combatively? That's probably a more more accurate descriptor. Are there people who do that for, for fun? I think I think most coppers will give you a firm yes. It is a kind of recreation to some people. And this is something I, it's one of those things that I knew but didn't know I knew, if that makes sense. You ever, you ever get that when you're sort of reading a book or, 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 or listening to somebody who's got an interesting take on something and they, they're able to, uh, to calcify a thought you've had at a kind of conceptual level, maybe not attributed any formalised language to it but you knew the sentiment of that thought and when they said it in the particular way that, that they had thought to say it something clicked within your within that reasoning sphere of your brain and you get that light bulb moment where you say yeah that is that is exactly how I feel about that or that I know that to exactly be true and in fact I've known it for a long time I've just not I've not formalised it in that way well this this was exactly like that I've, I've known that for a long time that for some people uh, it's it's a bit of fun for them this is this is what they do as a source of fun my policy with him is the uh, the old stormtrooper approach. I, I just shut everything down because I feel that anything, whatever whatever you give that sort of person, whether you're trying to uh, placate and flank by uh, speaking really politely and calmly, uh, that will be weaponized against you, or whether you're being assertive and trying to claim your um, claim your authority over the moment that that will be weaponized against you whatever you do to those people to those detained persons it, it will be reimagined in their own mind and, and used as a tool to create further disruption so I I cut all communications down to that which is absolutely essential and then I don't I don't exceed that whatsoever and that's that's what I did with this uh, with this individual um, and I th it, it, it rarely happens but it is the only method I know where sometimes the individual will realize that the the, the stimulus they're looking to achieve it's not forthcoming from you as a police officer because you you won't rise you won't you won't in, 
engage them, you won't give them any, it's a no-use term, isn't it, but you won't give them any ammunition to, uh, to return fire against you. So that is my policy with these, with these people. Uh, alas, this particular person didn't, didn't get the, uh, the fact that I wasn't going to be communicating anything to them and maintained this demeanour all throughout the process to a, to a greater or, or lesser degree. And it's quite clear that in the moment she's enjoying herself. She's laughing, joking around, and then kicking out and being violent, and then saying, I'm going to spit in your face, and then saying, She's going to rape my kids, and then saying, um, She hopes my daughter uh, gets fucked by a terrorist. You know, all that. All that good stuff. And it, it's two two things really I thought about this. I thought first of all, what a what a victory this is for our civilization. What a win this is. What a what a badge of honour it is that this person is behaving in this way. What a testament to the goodness of our organisation. What a what could be more emblematic of our integrity as a, a law enforcement organisation than somebody having the guile to behave this way to somebody who has the title police officer. This puts us global perspective in a very slim minority. There are few places in the world where you could speak this way to a police officer and not be in serious, serious trouble. And I'm not just talking trouble from a legislative perspective, I'm talking the opposite of that. I'm talking you are going to be in trouble from a, I'm going to take you into a dark room with a set of pliers perspective. That is the reality for the vast majority of people that exist on this planet. And the vast majority of people that have lived throughout human history have lived with that kind of relationship to the people who had power over them. They have lived a life of fear of people who have been uh, uh, bestowed with power because there was for those people that lived before us and the people that live alongside us now but under different legal systems there was no system of I'm going to use an Americanism here but you should know what I mean of check and balance uh, we would use the word accountability there is is nobody in the vast, vast majority of, of societies throughout the world, there is nobody who is auditing their police services, their police officers, to ensure that every single action they perform 
is proportionate, legal, accountable, and necessary. Those are the four words that, that sum up our the principles that govern our behaviour. You could not do that in most places. In fact, in most places, to behave the way this person behaved, to show this little regard for the for the circumstances that she was in, and to be this abusive, this obstructive, to repeatedly kick a police officer in the head and chest. You're in a whole world of pain, somewhere else. And this person's relatively safe to do it. Yeah, we could quite insult police, but come on. And yeah, we could... There was probably further arrests for public order, but... She doesn't give a shit. She doesn't care. She's probably going back to prison. This this person has nothing. There's nothing to threaten her with. Nothing. Uh, now, of course, if you had no no system of checking for proportionality, legality, accountability, and uh, necessity, I could just beat the fuck out of her in the cell, couldn't I? She'd care about that. Everyone cares about pain. This is what this is what rips the heart out of nihilism. Where when th this person was actually saying things that that uh, a nihilist would uh, profess to align with, I don't fucking care about anything. Do whatever you want to me. Nothing matters anyway. My life's fucked. I'm dead anyway. I'm gonna kill myself anyway. So she's professing to be a nihilist. Well. might think you believe that now, but I defer you again to my learned colleague in a dark room with a set of pliers. I could I could make you care, or somebody could make, I don't think I could do it personally, but somebody uh, with a great deal more of, uh, of malice available than I, I have in, in, in me, uh, they could make you care about the moment. Nobody who is in searing pain. Nobody in that situation is saying, ah, it doesn't really matter because ultimately, ultimately, the Andromeda galaxy will collide with ours and it's all over anyway. That's a, that's a ridiculous thing to say and it's what makes nihilism such a ridiculous position. Anyway, let's, let's come away from the philosophical and back to, back to the tactical in this in this situation, so um, it is in, it is an ennobling perspective that we, as a society, have chosen to take with this individual. We we have decided that even when somebody behaves abhorrently we will still treat them with respect we will still only use 
force that is those four words again, sorry, proportionate, legal, accountable and necessary. We are not going to uh, deliver any warped vigilantism to her. That's not what we're going to do. Even if we were going to deal with an assault police, it wouldn't be me taking my own justice. It would be me completing the paperwork and staying with me and taking a case file being put together and going off to court. Courts to decide. This this is a really rare situation, and nobody, not not nobody, but very few people understand the level of sacrifice and 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 work and and philosophizing and uh, and fucking it up and getting it wrong. Nobody, not nobody, barely anybody understands how much it took to get here and how far we've come. We're half a chromosome away from a chimpanzee. We are a tribal animal that is designed to live in packs of up to, depending on where you take Dunbar's number, 150 to 200 people. We are, we are bred for tribal war- warfare. Our genes select for um, uh, pride at the expense of all reason, uh, loyalty uh, at the expense of uh, at the expense of real justice, honour at, at almost any cost. That is what we are as a species, and yet here on this glorious island of ours something different. We have become that way through hundreds if not thousands of years of contemplative reasoning, of trial and error, and we have arrived at a system that will, to it, till its last breath, defend the rights person who behaved as hideously as that individual did, wherein she was she was engaging in violence recreationally in the full knowledge that there would be little to no comeback, or, or, or let's phrase it another way, in the full knowledge that at no point was she ever going to be taken into a dark room with a set of blinds. never going to happen to her and she knows that she is that she has that level of freedom is is minoscopically rare to know that I can't be hurt that badly here I can be restrained cuffed body cuffed self-laced she probably wouldn't use that vernacular if you know what I mean but there isn't going to be some menacing individual with a, with a bucket of water and a sponge and a, a wooden bench that slants the wrong way that's not going to happen what, what a security that is what a privilege that is 
as I always said, I pass it on for what it, what it might be worth. And the second observation that I'm going to do really briefly, I'm going to wrap this up very soon. Um, second observation, there goes the water bottle, is it's, I think it's important that we we acknowledge the tragedy of this situation and and in doing so assert what we can do to to be combative against that against that tragedy occurring in our own lives and I think I spoke about it earlier on I think the the concept that we're actually discussing here is, is meaning this person lives a life that is so devoid of meaning that in the shallowest of efforts to create some substance in her life she is willing to behave this way because in the moment there is some positive feeling that she gets and and what's more important about that observation is that 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 short snap of positivity has nothing to outweigh it because if you or I were in that situation what I would be thinking is with regards to my long-term self-interest and the long-term interest of my family and my wife my children this is really bad this is a really bad situation to be in. I'm in a police holding cell, being pinned to the floor. But at no point has that entered her head. There's nothing in her life that has, has populated in her mind and said, maybe don't do this, because I'm gonna, you're gonna lose me you're going to lose the opportunity to do whatever I am. There's nothing to tether her to the future versions of herself. Everything is done in the spirit of, well, this is fun right now. Everything else can, everything else can do one because I have no future. This is why the ascription of meaning, whatever it might be, I, I, I circle back here to the to the Hornby train set or the raising of children or, or whatever it is. Meaning, meaning is the safeguard for against uh, against this kind of destruction. It is the bulwark for real evil or against really. not happiness you see happiness uh, to use a phrase that is not mine happiness happiness is fleeting it will come and go and, and, and pass like the moons and suns that we see but you see meaning is different uh, meaning is something that makes the the hardship that is inevitable uh, if you're if you're drawing oxygen from the from the air around you 
suffering is is inevitable. But the meaning, whatever it might be, meaning is what is what keeps you getting up in the morning. It's what keeps you uh, thinking strategically. It would have, if there was anything, anything meaningful in this individual's life, anything that was uh, that she cared about to the degree that she she did she would not she would do anything not to compromise it. The syntax of that sentence is all wrong, but you'll have to forgive me. Um, if there was anything like that in her life, she she wouldn't behave this way. There is a, there is a there's a tragedy there that that should be learned uh, learnt from. Um, she is uh, uh, as this came up in my sort of debrief conversation with my colleague afterwards. She is one of the people that I I can find no hope for. Her brand of dysfunction is so severe. That in my, in my professional opinion, this will be her until she dies. She will cycle through this over and over again until she expires, and that will be that. And she has no one because everyone is either. Abandon her or she's abandoned them. Children taken from her. Parents were never there anyway. No friends because who... Who who is worth being around is going to associate with somebody who behaves this way. So she will do this until she passes away and no one will talk about her ever again because the only people that she had any real connection with well they're involved in the criminal justice system and when when she gets to a stage where she's no longer coming to notice for whatever reason whether she's too elderly or infirm or whether she has in fact passed away well those people they'll have another cohort of individuals just like her there is no issue of supply and demand with these people Don't mean it to be so downbeat. That's not there. That's not my intention. I just think these think these things are worth are worth talking about. Anyway, that's that. We'll leave it there. Uh, look after each other, folks. Uh, take care. I'll speak to you soon. Bye bye.